0: The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned.
1: I'm Ben Haworth.
2: I'm Jenna Rose.
1: (laughs) I'm Trevor Flynn.
0: And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. Oh my god, I love how big this group is! Yes, we are back to Bond. This week we're going into... We're out of the Roger Moore doldrums. I'm sorry, I love Roger Moore, and I've defended him to the thing, but man... Long stretch. The, yeah, long the long end stretch. of Roger Moore... Oh, it's painful. It's painful. <laughs> yeah. But today we're going to be reviewing The Living Daylights, the first of the two Roger uh, Dalton movies. Uh, yeah, this one is a little bit interesting. Again, produced again by Albert Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson, directed by John Glenn, screenplay by Richard uh, Malbaum, based on The Living Daylights by Ian Fleming, starring Timothy Dalton, Miriam Abbo, John Don Baker, uh, Art Malik, John, John Rhys-Davies, Jerry... Oh, sorry, I'm not going to go down that far down the list. Music was by John Barry alec mills was the cinematographer and i got a little bit of an intro to come in here it's going good so far okay (laughs) summary british secret agent james bond played by timothy dalton helps kgb officer george sorry georgie koskov such a james bond russian name uh Defect during a symphony performance during his debriefing. Koskov reveals that a policy of assassination assassinating defectors has been insta- uh, instated by new KGB head Leonard uh, Pushkin, John Reese davies But as Bond explores this threat, a counterplot surfaces involving a shady American arms dealer uh, and a pair of Russian assassins, uh, Necros and Kara Milvoy. Sorry, this is a really badly done. Intro to this one. Sorry, I, I know what the Living Daylights is about, but man, that was that was some that was a rough. <laughs> this is a rough summary, but let's go ahead and start. Start with you, Jenna. What did you think of the Living Daylights? Oh, man. Put
2: me on the spot. Um, well, if it you know really gives a picture, I'm now on my fifth martini of the day.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful.
0: You're, you're, it, by License to Kill, this is going to be amazing. You know, we
2: got to be <laughs> really. Just so to do justice, I've done, you know, this is the fifth different type of martini. So I've tried to branch out, Um Ooh. but I I don't know. It seems so corny, honestly, like that's that's my initial take is it was kind of corny, obviously, because his bond and the older bonds like extremely sexist, Um but just corny like he, he's a handsome bond. I'll give him that.
0: Yeah, it, it it does. It is like almost shocking the sex appeal, but like it is kind of like here's a wet piece of <laughs> toast, and now Ooh. like that is like the ending. Of Roger Moore, and now it's like, hey, yeah, sexy young man, full black hair. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it's a sexual tiger. Like t- virility. <laughs> like virility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, air. oh. <laughs> I didn't, I just like taking, I don't know, it's just like he took a shitload of Viagra and exploded out of Roger Moore's hey, chest. That's not Not, not exploded out of his chest. Um, he, myth he, you know, shit, know parachuted
2: down out of Roger Moore's chest.
0: <laughs> Erected?
2: Ew, Erected out of, chest? Like a no, chest? Sorry, out, out of his chest? No, parachuted out of his chest. Come on. Make right, it, right. Absolutely. Got a tie-in. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: All right. Let's go back. Let's go down the list here, too. I just want to get a couple of first things. Uh, Peter, what did you think of this uh, movie?
3: this movie... Kind <laughs> of the same reaction as Jenna. Like, th- this, yeah. this was an interesting film. Like, th- 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 but I, at, least, at least between b- b- between the two... Uh, uh, this, Living Daylights, and, and then License to Kill It, this movie definitely had one, one of my favorite lines where I was like, this is what I heard. And this is a great, I think I actually messaged it to everyone when I, as I was yeah. watching yeah. it, <laughs> like my favorite line was, uh, was, was a, it was something acute. I think Q said, it. it's like something we've been working on, working for, working on for the Americans. We call it the ghetto blaster. And it's like, it's this big boom box. that has basically a, like a cannon in it. And I was like, that that's what she wrote in 1987. G- good job. <laughs>
1: yeah uh trevor uh i actually really like this one um you know i i've been looking forward to seeing dalton take on the character i like what he does with it uh it's definitely my favorite i can say now that i've seen them all john glenn movie i think uh it's just I, I, weirdly the most I've ever cared about the plot of a Bond movie, probably uh, since we started this rewatch thing, uh, at least up there in terms of how much I care about the plot. Uh, not that it's the most sophisticated or like written thing ever, but for a Bond movie, it's actually kind of interesting, even if it is a little predictable. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this one quite a bit
0: yeah it's it's be fun to talk about this and i don't want to cut off ben's ability to talk here but i because i gave everybody else an intro but ben uh but i i (laughs) I did uh, the big thing I wanted to say just for my point is like I do think that like I am not a John Glenn Bond fan. I'm not. I feel like that transition to for your eyes only is where Roger Moore starts going down the tubes, other than the fact that he's super old. I mean that's obviously kind of a problem. Uh but like yeah, Octopussy, A View to a Kill, The Living Daylights, uh yeah, those are those are like the dog days of Moore. And that's that's literally what John Glenn has directed is like my worst Roger Moore movies, and then this movie. So like, yeah, I just stylistically see this as like it's a better movie than what came before because he's finally doing the Bond he wanted to do in For Your Eyes Only, but really was kind of reeled back in by Roger Moore because Roger Moore is like a nice guy. So like I do think that this is like him doing the version of Bond with Dalton that he that he kind of wanted to do. I do feel like this is distinctly different than what comes before and I'm always kind of I'm always sort of like shocked when I watch this because like I just don't think of Dalton as Bond to some extent and it's always just weird but like even more so than like the one even more so than god what's his Lazenby Lazenby like has his own thing and it's shocking in his own way but I see Lazenby and I'm like yeah that's the that's the that's the you know the art noir person's Bond and it's like I don't know I'm just always like sort of like catching up to the fact that this is technically James Bond so uh Ben what did you think of License to Kill? Sorry, uh, Living Loving Daylights. Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He did both of uh, these, yeah.
4: He- so first off, shout out to my friend Linda, who's been listening to all these, and uh, for repping the very underrated crew, which is uh, Timothy Dalton being your favorite Bond crew. Linda, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm proud of you for that. Um, that's an amazing take. Not one of my personal ones. Um, but the, the mm-hmm. two, Glenn, I agree, Jack, that John Glenn is not my favorite. I do think these two are one of the more interesting ones, and we could talk about both, um, I think, The second one especially is is more doing something more interesting in terms of um, uh, something we could talk about of of kind of preceding a lot of the Craig era stuff, but maybe doing it in not the right era yet. Um, But what I like about this one is that it gets back to. Uh, something I talked about with um, From Russia with Love, which is it's like John Le Carre with some clown shoes on. You know, it's like let's take <laughs> like what could be a, if you strip all the silliness out of it, more of a a classic spy thriller of the era. You got KGB, you got defectors, you got uh, rogue uh, uh, assassins and rogue uh, arms dealers. Um, it gets back to that uh, stuff, like the the guy getting shot through the pipeline. It's just kind of that i could see it actually existing in the absolute insanity that was the cold war era spy game but also it's totally ridiculous and it hits some of those points for me very well i do like dalton a lot he kind of purposefully said that he uh wanted to uh underplay a lot of it he he he, he talked a lot in the press about how when he delivers his first bond james bond it's more off-handed um granted it's still in the era where he lands in a yacht with a beautiful woman. He will then bang ten seconds later. We're not past that at all, as Jenna says. This is not. Uh, we're not anywhere near uh, uh, Craig levels of sophistication yet, but uh, th- there's steps towards it. Overall, I enjoy it. I think the main thing is that uh, with the uh, the loss of the the crazy more era big villains, you don't have a very interesting villain. I think Joe Dodd Baker stinks he stinks in the uh later bond films where he's a good guy i don't like him don't like his performances uh, i'd like john reese davies so i enjoyed that uh, element of it but uh overall felt that the villains were not no. that interesting and the yeah. finale was not that interesting and uh, as i always point out i just find it very fascinating that this movie and i think rainbow three came out the same year and they both were very pro mujahideen and mm-hmm. it doesn't look good now. <laughs> it's very, very funny. Yeah. It doesn't have as good as Rambo 3, which literally ends with, to the brave fighters of the Mujahideen. <laughs> like, yeah, Rambo, Rambo to, 3
0: is like, is
4: yeah, like a disaster. So, um, <laughs> All
2: the tides have turned. Obviously,
4: uh, would, yeah, just look up what the Mujahideen turned into. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's too much of a history lesson to go to here, but uh, I just find yeah. it funny. And in 1987, yeah. it was like we loved yeah. them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as soon as they Olsen's showed up, too. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure.
1: Is, they were they were fighting communism with us. That okay, yeah, right. Like that, that makes this sense. This is exactly sure.
3: 1987. Yeah. Right, like yeah, 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 time yeah It's
1: exactly Cold War. Yeah. I saw Charlie
0: yeah. Wilson's <laughs> War. I know. Yeah, we're like mid Cold War. Reagan is like doing shit. Like it's it's like we're just doing all sorts of deep, deep, dark shit all over the place. So like it's yeah, we're gonna be positive about the people fighting communism. So yep, it's just a kind of a different different time, different place. I don't necessarily know that I hold that too much against this movie because it is. I
4: it's just bad. find it more funny. It's just it's just yeah. a, it's just a funny historical anecdote. Well, no, I think no, it's absolutely. More interesting absolutely, for how it
2: ages, right? Because now, like, especially with everyone on this podcast. You know, 9-11 was a defining moment in our childhood. Right. But so watching these sure. movies is like, whoa, they're doing what? <laughs> yeah. Whereas in 1987, it was yeah. like, yeah, you know, you guys are great. Like, that is our defining moment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah 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 and not that a taste. nice balsamic oh, a no awkward. definitely not <laughs> no Yo, ooh no, yeah no. yeah I really love that shop you took me to and in, in like yeah, a, in Manitou. where was that shop uh, the Jenna? olive tap yeah, 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 that was amazing. Yeah, there was like, there was like, there was an olive tap shop. It was amazing.
2: Let's just, <laughs> just say just Jack was things. not in his prime form, but he could still enjoy. Oh, my God, I was so <laughs> The altitude over. was not was good so- to Jack Newman <laughs> for everyone listening. That was
0: I got so fucked. I was so fucked. And I was, and we, we went to the olive shop and I was like, oh, I'm just going to drink olive Yeah, no, he was like, you're taking me where?
2: <laughs> I'm like, no, no, you're going to love it. You like food. You're a, you're a foodie just like me. You're going to love it. I, I did. I, I, I,
0: I bought like a bottle of bottle. I had a great time. It was. All right. Yeah. The uh, yeah. So the the bottom. Yeah. The living daylights is kind of. Yeah. It's all. It's kind of a weird thing. I don't think it. I I agree with you that like the Mujahideen element and that is like kind of like aged poorly out of it. I do think that this is kind of and maybe this is like wrong because it's definitely not in the same vein. Uh, this kind of vaguely reminded me of kind of like a worse golden eye movie. How did you guys feel about that? Like there's a lot of distinction here, but I definitely feel like this is again, this is the classic reinvention bond movie where we're trying to reestablish and reinvent bond as we go. And there's really not that many military
1: exercise in a really low key way. Right. Like introduction for him. I thought it was fun. I thought it was hysterical. They're like, no, you're dead. (laughs) That that was all really funny. And like, but like a really like odd, way to introduce a new bond it is understated like you were saying earlier yeah for sure yeah
0: it's it's definitely this movie has a lot more chill and i, d- I definitely think i love the, the two- tux to
1: turtleneck though i love
0: oh that. except some yeah, of his
2: outfits yeah. were horrible yeah. for a bond like the the pantsuit that was bad you know what's 80s, funny
4: too the late 80s fashion <laughs> was
1: not
2: kind yeah uh, at yeah. least he doesn't look
1: like a dad, like Roger Moore for the past five <laughs> years. Oh, dude, he's, I'm,
0: I'm sorry. So Timothy Dalton, in terms of like dad vibes on like stuff like Penny Dreadful, like he's totally dad. He's also mm, one of the few mm. Bonds that has only gotten Wait, hotter. Wait, you as think gotten Timothy gotten Dalton yes. has a dad
2: vibe in Bond?
0: Oh, no, no, no. not. In, well, Trevor, Trevor said that. I said as he gets no, older. No, I was talking about got, oh, okay. Roger Moore. I was like, I did huge, not get a dad yeah. vibe.
2: You guys are weird.
0: I, I, will, I will say this. I do think this is the beginning of kind of the GoldenEye era move towards Bond as a dad's thing and i think that's just the nature of the fact how old bond is in 87 that the fact that this is like when like people like it's like we're we're, like young people liked bond at certain point now it's gotten old so now like it's one of those things like maybe this is my perspective on james bond but like it was always my dad's thing and he's like we're gonna watch a james bond movie i was like dad can't we watch die hard again no we're gonna watch james bond like it's 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 like one of those things where it's just like and maybe this is also like having a military dad because like i feel like everybody's military dad was like we're going to watch James
1: Bond, son. You're not allowed to watch <laughs> Die Hard. I don't know. I, what mean, it's like specific I don't think Bond was ever <laughs> like
4: cool when we were growing up. Yeah. If that's yeah. what you're saying. I, I, it was I, a different that, kind yeah. of cool. That's Most for for, sure. yeah. Yeah. Well, no, well, of for our anyway. introduction well, to Bond was Austin Powers. So like my introduction yeah. to Bond was it being on TNT and just kind of enjoying watching it in kind of pieces and no context. And and then mm-hmm. Austin Powers making fun of it mercilessly, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, which I, th- I think there's a thing too is I think that we we all have a different version of like an incoming point to Bond and for me like that was GoldenEye with my dad versus like yeah I think I think kind of from this perspective with Daylights it's like I think this is there's a transition here from like the quirky Moore era to kind of like the kind of the Reaganomics era of Bond do you know what I mean I don't want to Reaganomics
1: sounds, not Reagan yeah, I don't know I,
0: I just used I, I used a Zeitgeist word shut up <laughs> <So just confused. laughs> no I just like, like no like Reagan Cold War politics more serious like the like the tone mm-hmm. John Glenn has been trying to turn up the tone the entire Moore era as he's exited the, the series and then he gets to do it in these well, two. Well I and disagree I think I, we
1: see that a lot more in the next one this one still especially for being having the Cold War kind of in the background has like just a little bit of camp but I agree with you it's starting like the, the funniest yeah. like <laughs> fun thing that happens is the cello sled and that's and the fact that she yeah. plays the cello with a bullet hole in it because it's a strat Strativari- so you, you got to play it. you just got to play it it's right, part of the right. character the instrument at that point
0: it just you know? adds yeah. it just adds to the quality of that instrument now just the bullet rattling around in there adds to the sound you know mm-hmm. it's all yeah. vibration that's what music is
2: oh, I,
4: oh, well, well and you still have like uh, <laughs> uh classic cheese ball gadgets um and yeah. and like the camera and the glasses oh, I and like <laughs> there's less of that in, in living daylights yeah
2: like the cheese yeah. ball gadgets are good Go ahead, but Jenna. i i did like the sledding cello Case scene because it was hilarious. Like, I'd seen earlier that critics oh, at did. the time called the movie like mostly humorless, and I was laughing because it was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different kind of comedy, it's not sophisticated comedy, but it was hilarious to watch them sledding and like pushing themselves with the cello, oh. like this priceless and being totally piece Totally serious, music. yeah.
3: Like, we have to escape. This is how we're doing it,
2: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, I, I. I just I, I have to admit, I will I will say this is like the transitioning between like the between like a view to a kill and the living daylights is so startling to me. Like having actually watched that transition back to back for the first time I was because like, I watched them pretty close together and I was like, this is such a fucking different movie. <laughs> like that's that's the a view to a kill is just disastrous almost in certain and just like the setup and it's just like it's all, you know, Christopher Walken, hey. We're gonna, we're gonna the whole set
1: piece of the extraction by with, a pipeline. With Grace
0: Jones. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Was oh, that like your Christopher Walken? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Barely. <laughs> 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 Barely was.
0: Oh am Christopher, Christopher Walken. Hey, yeah. I don't know what this is. He I'm doesn't even say hugs. microchips.
1: I was waiting the whole movie for him to say microchips because he sold that to me. And he never actually says <laughs> microchips. Like, he never microchips. actually says
0: it. Oh, is that yours? Like, give me your best Christopher Walken, Trevor. No, no
1: we're not No, friends. we're totally doing um, this. Okay. <laughs> the, whole, um, the whole extraction operation. I vote, we vote. You vote, vote. No, I'm just kidding. The whole yeah. extraction, uh, <laughs> like thing with the pipeline set piece that kind of opens this movie, I thought was it's pretty, pretty cool. entertaining. I really liked all that.
0: No, I agree entirely. I think, I think, I think the action sequence definitely between this and A View to a Kill, like it. I think there's clearly just like a better energy to it. I think the ski chase scene. I just feel like they had a lot more leeway with Dalton, and I don't know if this is true or not because I know a lot of it's still stunt doubles but i just feel like there was just like the, the the action was just more believable and they they you know because they finally had more gone and had dalton it, uh, it appears to me that they leaned into it and i think that i think it i think the movie is just more i think it just i think it slides scene to scene easier than a view to a kill i mean i definitely. also
1: really like koskov the the traitor spy um uh, yeah r- russian uh i recognize that guy from the fugitive that's the one other thing where he's playing like a, a a doctor that's like in bed with Big Pharma, and he's like such a good villain. I, I really enjoyed his performance from the beginning. I, it's just like kind of over the top, kind of campy good guy then kind of campy bad guy he's like the traitor i, I, the friend, I, the I, spy, I, I enjoy the- him more than the following one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah kind of yeah. on 11 all the time i don't know i, I yeah. liked him yeah and uh, i liked him more definitely than the guy who just has like a uh, the weapons dealer who has a, a museum of uh, wax <laughs> dictators that, that all look like was- him
3: <laughs> yeah <Ooh. laughs> I did it's like really that. In the, <laughs> in, the, in the movie. I, I had to literally pause it for myself. I was like, "Hold up, this th- this is how we're getting his introduction." Great.
1: It's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. they all yep. they're all him, right? I'm not just like they
4: they're all him. That's okay. what you're saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: All right, let's go ahead and do this. We're about 20 minutes into this. I kind of want to go ahead and just put some scores on this to kind of get a sense of where we are. Uh, I have have to admit, this is kind of hard to, like, judge... Uh, a little bit kind of where this is because I, I find that I'm lost in space sometimes when we kind of have a, uh, a transition in bonds because I've been I've been slowly diving deeper and deeper even though I, I probably liked A View to a Kill more this time just for like how fucking bad it was I, I do think that like it was funny for me this time to watch A View to a Kill whereas previous times I've been like this is a terrible fucking movie I can't get over it uh, yeah yeah I want to go ahead and start with you, Ben. Where are you on this, on The Living Daylights?
4: Oh, well, uh, so listen, these these two films are squarely in the middle of, kind of the upper middle of my Bond rankings. I snuck Living Daylights to number 10 on my list because I wanted at least one Dalton on there. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5, I would say. 7.5. I, I... For one last John Barry score, so you know that's that's yeah. something. Can't mm-hmm. can deny that. And boy, boy, the score goes downhill <laughs> quick. Mm. I do not like the score in the next film. Um, yeah, and yeah. uh, Gold, Golden
0: good. Goldeneye's good.
4: Goldeneye's pretty good. One of them is really bad. I can't remember. Uh, actually I think Golden Knight's bad. Maybe that's one we'll have to remember.
0: Golden Knight has like better opening songs. I'm probably re- not remembering like the rest. Of you the may not remember the actual
4: score. That's <laughs> that's
0: that's totally fair. I'm just thinking of like the the core the the opening of Golden How songs like, of Goldeneye is very good?
4: Yes. Yeah, fucking um, fire. And even though like it, you start off thinking it's gonna be like uh, just kind of phoning it in because the Aha music feels like a weaker version of the last really really good song, and then the. This is also the last Maurice Spender, and he does not go out on a good note, with the opening um, uh, credit sequence, it's just very, or maybe the next one is the last Maurice Spender, I can't remember, but it, it's one of his last ones, he's very clearly phoning it in, um, but then after that, I think it's really good, I think the opening sequence, I think it's a great setup with the whole, uh, you know, he's doing a training missions, but actually uh, there's an assassin going around, I think it's a great entrance to Bond uh, with the tactical neck, you know, that's probably the most iconic look in this film. Um, I think Dalton carries himself really well I think he was probably One of the best in terms of Like just getting His take on the character so quickly You know I think he really came into it knew exactly what he would do obviously he's coming after um, Three Bonds and two very Iconic famous Bonds you know I think he Was thinking about it for a long time And uh, I think he Has a a great element to it I like All the the communist uh, uh, It's kind of our last great uh, kgb movie um because by the time they get back to the kgb they're done which goldeneye's good for that reason too it's a good post kgb movie or post uh, soviet union movie i should say but um uh i i enjoyed those elements a lot um i think it just kind of falls apart towards the end and uh, particularly i just don't think joe do is a good enough villain but overall i i, I find i really enjoy when i come back to this one it's when i uh forget about but really enjoy coming back to uh so 7.5 for me
0: yeah 7.5 okay yeah and I, I i gotta i gotta say like um we're gonna i'm, I'm gonna let other people talk because i've talked enough uh
4: oh, and i just want to say that uh uh john reese davies gets one of the cooler i'm gonna kill you lines in a movie which is uh where he says send it back to moscow in a diplomatic bag
1: yeah pretty
3: cool. that's pretty one cool. yeah, mm. peter um I'm gonna give this a six point five. No particular reason. Like I, I, th- I thought, I thought it was just a good, in, a good, enjoyable Bond film. I thought, I, I thought Dalton did a good job. I, I actually, I actually did manage to uh, manage to watch um a view, a view, to kill after after y'all recorded for that because because I was late on that. So I, I did manage to go back to watch it. So, so, so it was, it, it was nice to see. Dalton's take on Bond after after watching more in that I was just like can we please be over um have, <laughs> I, I, I and and then I I think this I think this movie will also kind of have like a small like a small personal place place, place for, for me uh because I remember when I was like at one point while watching it I paused and I, and I paused and I sent a sent uh, a to snap to, uh, to to my boyfriend because because I was like, let me explain to you my biggest quote unquote issue with Bond ac- across his films. Yes, he has this charm about him where it's where, where like he's just a notorious womanizer. But the one thing, the one thing that no matter what, even if even if his mission is to kill them, that well, that would, that will be his hangup is a blonde is a beautiful blonde woman. Even if he has to kill them, he'll think, I can't kill this woman. I have to screw her first. And that's like the only reason why he didn't kill this, 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 Ooh. this cellist who was like basically being set up. He finds out like an hour and a half later. Oh, it was a setup. She wasn't, she was supposed to take the fall. So like, so, so, so just, so, oh so even <laughs> just like, even the, even that internal humor for me, it's like, okay. Like I, I did, I did enjoy it. And, and the, I thought there were some good set pieces like that, that and, like, some moments that I enjoyed about this film. But yeah, 6.5, like nothing super like specific for me. Just I thought it was good.
0: Can uh, I go next? I, OK, oh, oh, me. I mean, we, I said, Jenna, you yeah. want to see to Trevor? OK, sorry. I feel it. go ahead, Trevor.
1: I just—I feel I oh need goodness. to respond directly to <laughs> what Peter said because he, he's the only other person who's talking about the plot of this movie, and I agree with him so much that what? like <laughs> no one is talking is this about dumb... the plot of this
0: movie in 30 minutes. <laughs> so what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs>
1: this is the this is the best fucking <laughs> plot there has been in a James Bond movie throughout this whole thing. I'm sorry, and he's right. It is this dumb meta narrative thing, and you see it on the poster. It's like, oh, is Bond gonna shoot a lady? And it is. It's so dumb, but then they go out of their way to justify it and make it into like the fucking core thing and the twists of the plot and they even bring the opening back into it where the whole thing in the opening is that they're firing blanks and it's just a mind fuck for me that the opening actually somehow thematically connects to something in a bond movie which has <laughs> never <laughs> happened before that I can remember anyway at least up to now for the most part So this is a seven for me. This is one of my better Bond movies, quite honestly. I just, I don't know. It's it's still kind of low bar, bare minimum, but I've just, I've never, even though it was predictable, cared about the plot of a Bond movie before. I just, I can't like very much. Throughout the, you know, there's so many other ones where it's whole been the whole thing with the the love interest, whether they trust each other or not, that is just so like I don't actually care about. Then in this one, I actually it it wrung that bare minimum of care out of wow. me to see oh, man. whether <laughs> whether they I, actually yeah. would trust each other or not. And like whether that was going to pan out or not. Whereas in like a lot of the classics, it's just like, oh, of course not. It's like or of course she's going to fall in love with him because he's bond like I, and yeah it's still very much that at the end of the day but I don't know it just it just clears the bar for me a lot more <laughs> so uh, and John Rice Davies comes back the Aston Martin comes back uh you know cello sled chase uh yeah and it's definitely still cringy at times and uh, I think that all the like concluding set piece with the mujahideen goes on with the plane for a little bit too long I don't love it especially where she can't fly the plane and is like hindering him more than helping him at the end is all kind of dumb, but like, I I, I don't know. It was, this was very interesting to me. This held my interest a lot more than the average. Yeah. uh, I want to
0: respond to all of that, but I'm going to let you go. I I need to let I'm going to give it a seven.
2: (laughs) So like, I thought it was pretty fun. It's a Bond movie. So I expect some of the corniness. Um, To Trevor's point, because I forgot about this until he said it, but the part at the end where he's like, okay, hold it straight. And then she literally almost lets them crash into a freaking cliff. I'm like, you got any (laughs) brains there, lady? Because what are you doing? Like, that annoyed the hell out of me. Um, But other than that, like, it was fun to watch. I thought there were some really funny parts, like a lot of comedic parts um, that were meant to be comedic. Yeah, a seven. It was fine.
0: Yeah, I, uh, Oh man, uh, yeah. I, I have a I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what sounds it sounds like. You have think... more now that I talked and like expounded Ooh. on it. For, like,
0: I, I did. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. You talk, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, Jesus, no, uh, no. I'm just kidding. I love you so much, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> please don't leave me. Um, I just I I want to like like I if I, I would have think... left
1: this. It would have been at octopus. <laughs> 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 like, that's fair. <laughs> like we've reached you're my already, breaking point. You're right
0: past now. It, Yeah, so. we're 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 down. We're we're in Brosnan territory, so it's all like downhills. We have to finish it at this point. Um, no, the I think ultimately one of the things that just felt weird about this was a transitional thing to me between the two. I think that it's very easy for me to laugh and take enjoyment out of Roger Moore, even the bad Roger Moore error by like his just sort of like, you know, who He's just got kind of like such a like a kind of a weird vibe that goes on that I don't take the sexism as seriously as I did. And it's sort of just a weird transition to come back to this because I just I do find this movie kind of sexist. And I feel like that finding it in 87 like hurts it for me a little bit because I'm just like, wow, this is like modern bond and it's still like, kind of doing things that i'm not super cool with and I, and again the same sort of thing where it's like really shoot a woman like yeah i was like okay thanks morality of 1987 this mm. is fantastic uh i, I don't know i I, de- I definitely i i i agree that there's like more plot going on too but i find unfortunately trevor that it's majority for me for like a detriment to the movie and it's just like i just i don't know this is a very different bond uh i'm very i'm actually very curious i want to go around the circle real fast who prefers living daylights or a license to kill? Cause that, I think that is telling for me of Dalton era bonds. I definitely
2: uh, prefer this one. Over I agree. To kill.
0: Yeah. I really? I slightly
4: prefer I this one. I slightly,
0: slightly prefer, prefer this one. To kill. I prefer license to kill as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I'm i not very, but I agree, not like slightly, probably this is probably a good way to put it. But I just, I find License to Kill like to be its own movie. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like its own thing, which is I kind of think what this generation of Bond wanted to be. But I I don't know. I I don't know. I I agree that there's a lot of good things to look out for here. It's still a six for me because it's like it's still like above, not only like above bar, but it's like I recommend it because it is. It's more it's better than like ni- than like 50 percent of more. How about that? That's a low bar. (laughs) What was your score again, Trevor? I missed it. I apologize. Yep. All right. So you guys ready to me to watch me do all this math? Because this is fantastic. Or has somebody been magically doing all the math in the background so I don't have to? It's all
4: you, buddy. Uh, Nope. Sorry. You failures!
0: No, I'm just kidding. 7.5 plus 14 plus 6 plus plus fourteen plus six plus 6.5 equals divided by five it's a 6.8 or a 7 so the movie gang podcast all right any final thoughts anybody yeah yeah, the Movie Gang Podcast gives The Living Daylights a seven out of ten. So this is one of the most highly rated Bond movies we've rated actually so far. Which I, I suspect, I suspect as we get towards this other end of this thing, it's gonna, there's gonna be, I mean, there's gonna be some dog days and Brosnan, but other than that, we'll, we'll, I think we're gonna get some good scores here in a minute. uh Yeah, for the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Trevor Flynn. Bye. or dancing. Bye. Jenna Rose. Ben Haworth. Be safe, y'all. And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thank you for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's the Tuscan Shed.com, where you can listen to all of our other, our other podcasts, including The Pen and Paper Pod. Starring Edwin Reyes, Tanner, and Edwin, you can, ch- sorry, Edwin and Trevor and Tanner. You can go check out their adventures there every Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, EST. Uh, check that out. You can also head on over and check out our their podcast feed. You can also check out Animania, uh, where we've got a lot of new things coming out there. You can check out all our old podcasts, including A Feast for Bros. Uh <laughs> Save Point, all the old stuff, Geek Space Nine. I definitely recommend Geek Space Nine. You can go. I've been watching more Deep Space Nine, too. It's fun to just sort of go back through and watch that as a core backup to that series. It extends you up. Just definitely, if you're trying to make your way through Star Trek. Yeah, check out all of those other podcasts, and while you're over there, you can check out. Head on over to iTunes, where you can give us a review. We'd really appreciate that. And then head on over to social media, where you can tell us our feedback. While we're wrong and the living daylights, and Timothy Dalton are the best sexy daddy bonds that ever did exist. And he's definitely a daddy. And just is totally wrong about this that no i'm just kidding gross, uh but anyways All right i'm sorry <laughs> one last time from everyone here at the movie gang podcast and by extension the tuscan Cheddar media network thank you for listening